0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Steve Clark says he hasn't taken much notice of criticism after the Ireland defeat. Callum McGregor says it's vital Scotland stick together and the national side have significant injury problems ahead of Armenia. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. Two weeks ago on this very night, I was on this programme with you, Andrew, in a country that was a hotbed of optimism. Now look at us. The World Cup's a goner, courtesy of Ukraine. The National Nations League has been thrown into a state of disarray, courtesy of the Republic of Ireland. Steve Clark's job is now a matter of public debate. The players look out on their feet. They've had a lengthy journey into Eastern Europe today. And tomorrow, against Armenia, it's a case of must win. Not my words, Stevie Clark's words. I may have to take one for the team tonight. I may have to tip Armenia to win this match and then we'll all know what happens next. Yeah, we'll be looking ahead to that Armenia game and we'll be picking the bones out of that Scotland defeat on Saturday. It's quite a tough one to pick the bones out of, Hugh, because just so much went wrong on the night. Yeah, yeah, horrible day. Um, No one saw it coming. Uh, You know, I thought we'd win in Dublin and I was not alone. There were 2,500 Tartan Army fans in Dublin who thought the same thing. But from back to front, we were miserable. We were abject. We succeeded on no level and when the only positive element to come from the match is the goalkeeper Craig Gordon saying it could have been worse, then you know how bad a day it was. Well, we want to hear from you at home 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at ClydeSSB. We'll need to start by looking back on that game on Saturday night. As we said, there was a lot of talk in the build-up to it that this island team aren't great. We'd seen them lose to Armenia. You actually looked through their squad and there's not that many household names at all in that Ireland squad anymore. I think there was quite a lot of confidence going into it that Scotland would be able to go to Dublin and get the three points. And just so much went wrong, as I said. But you know, defensively, Scotland weren't at it. Going forward, Scotland weren't at it. Oh. It was just a real, real bad day at the office. You put it into perspective this way, Andrew. You spoke about uh, the lack of household names available to Stephen Kenny, the Irish manager. The goals were scored by a player from Preston North End, another player from the MK Dons, and the third and final nail in the coffin by a boy from Swansea City who was starting for the first time in Ireland's jersey. Uh, I am trying very hard to factor in Muscle fatigue, for example. I mean, Andy Robertson lost a Champions League final and has now played three games since then. The Champions League final used to be your signal to have a good summer. And so many others, like Callum McGregor, magnificent season with Celtic. But they look weary now. And they're playing in Armenia where, as we understand it, the temperatures are at boiling point and it must have some kind of effect and we also hear from Stevie Clark that there are significant injury problems, although he declined to say who they were. So it's going to be a big ask tomorrow, but it's a job that Scotland have to get done. Is there a problem in that theory of tiredness and fatigue that 
Every nation is playing at the moment All the players that are in action During this Nations League campaign and window Have been playing the whole season It's not just Scotland Scotland are coming up against teams and players That have played as many games as a lot of these Scotland players Either we accept that there is a genuine factor in our case Or we have to come to terms with the fact that Perhaps we flatter to deceive we get to the finals of Euro 2020, we score one goal, get one point and get put out. We get to the penultimate stage of World Cup qualification and we face Ukraine, who, let's be honest, have had the most troubled preparation imaginable and we're put out at Hamden. And we lost Euro 2020 twice at Hamden. The only point came in London. 01419511025 We want to hear from you at home But let's hear from Steve Clark First of all He was speaking today Ahead of that Armenia game tomorrow He was looking back He said he hasn't taken much notice Of the criticism Scotland have faced After Saturday's defeat He says it's now all about looking forward Obviously disappointing on Saturday uh, Focus on the, the next game Armenia How did you approach Picking the players up And assessing where it went wrong then? As we always do get together as a group, speak about things, show them some things on video and, and try and get them on the training pitch and moving again for the next game. You've been quite clear it's about sort of putting that poor game behind you and focusing on what, what lies ahead. Have you taken a moment to look at the reaction to the defeat and what have you made of it? No, not really. I obviously have got to scan across what people think because I have to sit in front of you guys and or you guys and you ladies and talk about what's coming up. So I, I need to have a handle on what's going on, but in depth, no. Have you caught yourself at a moment to think people have short memories? It seems there's been quite a bit of flack, but given what's been achieved by this group, it seems quite harsh for a couple of bad days at the office. Listen, people can, can write and, and say what they want. There's nothing I can do to control that. Uh, the most important thing is, is what we do next. Yeah, Steve Clark quite keen just to kind of put the Ireland game out yeah. of his mind and, and look ahead to the game tomorrow. He's got to fight his corner and the man's entitled to that. However, we cannot overlook the fact that we are getting ourselves to a certain stage and we are incapable of taking the next big step forward. I repeat, you get to Euro 2020, get one goal, one point and put out. You get to the penultimate stage of World Cup qualification. You're at home against a war-torn country who have had the most God-forsaken preparation for the match, and you're put out. Is there an argument to say that, despite the fact, you know, you say Scotland have flattered to deceive, that there is plenty of progress there? The fact Scotland made it to that major tournament and they hadn't done for 23 years, the fact that Scotland were a couple of games away from the World Cup, which hasn't happened in a long, long time, there is progress there. This has just been a, a couple of, of bad nights for Scotland. But it's the size of the disappointment and those bad nights. The bad nights uh, at Hamden in the Euro 2020 competition, the bad night against Ukraine in World Cup qualification. Um, have we made measurable progress under Stevie Clark? Undoubtedly. Do we have a tangible reward to show for that progress? Yes and no. We got to Euro 2020, but we failed there. And we could have been in the World Cup, but we failed. Well, let's hear from you. 01419511025. Tommy is first up in Greenock. Tommy, what are you thinking tonight? Uh, I'm saying to you, 
Because uh, I was going to phone up last, after last Wednesday because I thought at the time we were even there last Wednesday. Everybody was going mad because we beat Armenia 2 0. I mean, it was Armenia, it was nearly like Belgium or anything like that. And I'm trying to get a grave with you. Every time we get a letdown, it, it, it's a major letdown. It's the games you, you need to win, and we just don't seem to be there. We've got nobody to score a goal for a start. We just keep wanting buzz up to find and dice and hope his big square knock gets on to somebody else. It's never real arms. And I don't know what happened to our defence and Saturday, it was just atrocious. I think Tommy makes a, a salient point there. Uh, insofar as we overcompensated for the loss to Ukraine by making too much of the win over Armenia. And by the time we'd finished patting ourselves on the back for a home win over Armenia, we were in Dublin. And we had our worst ever result against the Republic of Ireland. Tommy, how are you feeling about the national team at the moment? Obviously, there's another big game tomorrow that Scotland need to win. Of what you've seen over the last few games, how are, are you gauging where the national side are at the moment? My, my feelings have been back about three years now, I think. I mean, me, me and my wife travelled down last year to the Scotland England, and we were so full of hope, and, and then it just all poof, the top of smoke went up there again. And it just seemed to be that constantly. You, you sort of... All the, all the times we win against teams, it is all smaller teams. I mean, we, we scraped into the Euros with a penalty shooter. You know, it's like, when it comes to like real, real games, as I would call them, we just don't seem to have any idea of what to do. And I think that's why a lot of people end up deserting the national team. Most, most guys I know don't even watch it. Now. To be fair, though, Tommy, you know, the, the optimism that has built up under Steve Clark has been significant. When you consider where we were, when he took over and where we are now, uh, it's night and day. However, you and I are in agreement here that when it gets to the ones that you really need to do it in, we haven't been doing it. Yeah, Tommy, Scotland had obviously had, had a rough time of it recently. There was an eight-game unbeaten run before that. There was some good performances against Denmark. Is it possible that you think this is a blip for this Scotland team or are you more concerned than that? I think I'm more concerned about it and it's what you said we built up we built up this sort of euphoria I think we were, oh, we're on our way and then oof it's another kick and then you know it's just like that, that might be a national characteristic Tommy I mean, I've been watching Scotland raise public expectation for decades we had in my childhood uh, the, the, the best players arguably ever to wear our jersey and we couldn't qualify for a World Cup. Um, and now we have players who are exceptionally good. The Andy Robertsons, the Callum McGregors, the Billy Gilmers, the John McGinn's. Uh, but at the big moment, it's not happening. And one thing that does concern me now, Andrew, Lyndon Dykes, he's out injured, but not prolific. Um, che Adams hasn't scored for 16 games for club and country, hasn't scored since February. Um, it's time to try something, whether it's starting with Ross Stewart uh, against Armenia, it's time to, to look at that particular area. It's a great irony. We've become one of the best countries in the world for producing fullbacks. We've got a fullback in Bologna. We've got Calvin Ramsey, who might be a fullback in... Liverpool in a, a matter of few days We've got Kieran Tierney We've got Andy Robertson uh, We're terrific at producing fullbacks 
We have long since ceased To provide a goal scoring Scott Tommy do you go along with that That tomorrow night There should be big big changes yeah, I agree with God I think that's fine I would actually play some of the younger guys here. I'll just give somebody, some strike a chance anyway I don't care I'll just give a chance You know you can't just keep going with the, with the system we're using and the players we're using for instance, no If it was club football, I would suggest Che Adams would be given a rest. You know, if he'd gone sixteen club matches without scoring, you would you'd be thinking about giving me a rest just to see if he could build up his confidence once again. Because it must be at a low ebb right now. And I just think that try something else then, uh, against Armenia tomorrow. As I say, I am Trying my level best to factor in the human fatigue, the end of a long season, the disappointments that have come at the end of that long season, the temperatures that the players will not be used to in Armenia. I'm trying to factor in everything, but it's Stevie Clark's job to find solutions. He needs to get this game won so that we can all go away and argue for the summer but the arguments will be really intense if we don't take all the points tomorrow. Well, thank you to Tommy. 01419511025 on the phones. Frank is next up in the city centre. Frank, how are you feeling after the game on Saturday? Not too clever, I must say. Uh, I think Steve Clark's time is up. I've been on in the past and I've been uh, lambasted for saying it. He plays 1970 football, long ball. Three days are in the past. He's hitting a ball up to, uh, to a centre forward who, who isn't who isn't there. I mean, it's it's so behind the times. We need a fresh start with a new manager, with young players who are coming through. Because I think this manager, technically, isn't he up to it. It's funny how these things go, Hugh. Because you know, at one point people were talking about the football Scotland were playing and excited by. Tierney and Robertson down the left the, the ball players we had in the middle of the, middle of the park Billy Gilmore, Callum McGregor John McGinn in there as well it looked as if there was a budding striking partnership between Dykes and Adams Frank is now coming on and saying that he thinks it's 1970s football yeah. the, the truth is probably somewhere in between the two of those but when it's not working that's when people really start to pick holes in it I don't think I really don't believe that we are as primitive as Frank is suggesting um, it's not lumping the ball up to Lyndon Dykes all the time. John McGinn um, has gone off the boil and has missed big chances against Ukraine and Ireland. Uh, but John McGinn has plenty of goals for Scotland. Um, Callum McGregor chipped in. Uh, you know, our goals against Armenia were scored by Tony Ralston, a fullback, and Scott McKenna, a centre back. Um, it's not the case that we are. Simply a long ball team That's that's unfair on Stevie Clark But there's no doubt that In that regard With Lyndon Dykes and with Che Adams It's not happening And we have to find uh, Either different personnel Or another way Frank, given that Steve Clark got Scotland to A major tournament The fact that Scotland have been on sort of Longer unbeaten runs than we had been for a long time Do you feel that Steve Clark has enough Credit in the bank to to allow him to get through this qualification campaign. 
up. And I think, quite literally, the press and the media have been too soft with them because, quite literally, there's players there who wouldn't really don't really future, uh, feature in the future. There's Hanley, Craig Gordon's coming to the end, McTominay's not up to it. You could go on and on. Now I'm not here to slaughter anybody. I'm just I just think that Steve Clark has criticised Craig Levine, Willie Miller. Kenny Miller and you can go on and on there comes a time when he's got to face up to it his tactics are just of these news we, we played Ukraine and they played us off the park if we were to play the way Ukraine played I would I would be phoning I wouldn't be phoning but we don't seem to learn lessons well I don't think the press have been compliant I think if you go over the newspapers Sunday and today uh, the defeat in Dublin was given the kind of treatment it deserved. The team's performance was given the criticism it was due. Uh, so that's not the problem. And you remember 2,500 people were giving the team dogs abuse inside the uh, Aviva Stadium as well. I don't know whether the problem is that too many have reached the end of that long, hard season and have run out of steam. Whether... Steve Clark is too rigid in terms of his tactical philosophy and is unwilling to change, even though change would appear to be abundantly necessary. Uh, but in two of the last three games, must-win games, Ukraine, the Republic of Ireland, we've lost six goals and we have not delivered at all. Frank has picked out some individual players there that he's talking about. He said Grant Hanley, who I think to most people has maybe been one of Scotland's most consistent performers over the last couple of years. You've got Craig Gordon, who, despite his age, was still one of the best players in Scotland last season. Scott McTominay has had some very good games in a Scotland top. You can't really look at those two performances, Ireland and Ukraine, and really blame individual players. It looks as if there's something bigger that's, that's wrong in those performances rather than it, it looks as if it was everyone essentially there's not really any players that, that you could pick out of those two games that actually you know stood up and performed well I'm not a Hanley man I have to confess uh, I didn't think he was up to it against Ukraine and on Saturday in Dublin I am a fan of Craig Gordon uh, although he, he has lost six goals to Ukraine and to Ireland uh, he's been left exposed by those in front of him and I think back to the save from Shane Duffy on Saturday uh, you know Craig Gordon kept it at three um, so we have problems front middle and back and somehow Stevie Clark who is the manager who has the final say on everything has to address those problems and I wish I knew who the significant injury worries were uh, because we're shooting in the dark here We can't say he should do this, that or the other Because he hasn't told us who's fit to play Well thank you to Frank 01419511025 Give us a call now and you can be up next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 if you want to get in touch, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Let's hear a bit more from Steve Clark speaking today. He says Scotland have significant injury problems ahead of tomorrow's game with Armenia. He also thinks it's vital for their Nations League campaign that they get three points. It's important in the context of the Nations League because we want to go to September games with a realistic chance of topping the group. So it's important for that point of view. I hope the players play as well as they can play because if they play as well as they can play and they take their A game to the pitch, then it's a game that we should win. Plenty of chances last time against Armenia. Is it a case of just really making sure you're much more clinical when you get those opportunities tomorrow? No, I always say as long as we get one more than the opposition, that'll be enough to get three points and that's, that's what we'll aim to do. How's everyone's fitness? Has anyone got any knocks or injuries? No, we've got some significant doubts. That's why I'm a little bit late here. Uh, we'll assess before we travel, but we've got some significant injuries that, that we'll have to deal with. Steve Clark saying there that you know it's just about getting one more goal in the opposition, and if mm-hmm. they do that, that's enough. Is that going to be enough for Scotland fans out there who are doubtful about the way Scotland are playing at the moment? Is it a case of Scotland not only need a, a result, but they need a performance to go along with it? I think the results are the... the of paramount importance this time Andrew I, I think if we do what we should do against Armenia and I stand here convicted as the man who said that if we do what we should do against Ireland we'll win uh, but lots of people thought the way I did Friday night Saturday night was the problem um, but I think if Steve Clark gets a, a win in Armenia it will calm everything down for the summer if Steve Clark does not get a win in Armenia, it will intensify all the old arguments about whether Steve Clark is too rigid in his philosophy. Where is this going? Why do we not make it on the big occasion? We get so far, but not far enough. Uh, so a win will placate, if not everyone, the majority for the summer. And we'll come back in September and face the other Nations League games. Anything other than a win and good luck on Wednesday night, Andrew, with this programme. We always like to talk about team news and who's going to play and who should play and who should be out. It's very tough ahead of this game because I think yeah. many people will agree that changes are probably needed. Steve Clark has said there is going to be changes, but he said that's because there's significant injury problems. He was asked if he would name any of the significant injury issues Scotland have. He said he wasn't going to, so it's really impossible to tell exactly yeah. what Scotland could be doing for this game tomorrow and who's even available. Yeah, if Andy Robertson's out and John McGinn's out and Callum McGregor's out, there might be a big problem here. Uh, so we can't second guess what the team will be. We'll simply find out uh, tomorrow afternoon. Um, but I repeat, a win and it will calm everything down. Less than a win, a defeat, problems multiply. 01419511025 on the phones. Robert is up next. He's a first time caller in Kelvin Bridge. Robert, what's made you phone in tonight? Hi, good evening, panel. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm foreign, so if you don't understand my accent, I do apologise. No, no, it's all uh, good. <laughs> I'm phoning because uh, uh, my mother was born in Glasgow, that's a long story, and she re emigrated to Eastern Europe. And I'm really heartbroken because I've always followed Scotland and Poland as two national teams. And I cannot fathom out how Scotland cannot qualify for a World Cup now for coming out for 26 years, having 
you know, followed Scotland in the 70s and 80s and all these wonderful players, uh, Kenny Dalglish, uh, you know, Sunez, all these people that played in England. And and uh, I've got some ideas of, of what should really happen uh, uh, to how, how that could be addressed. I think uh, there should be some uh, schools of football excellence established in Scotland, one in the north, one in the maybe in the middle of the country, at least two in in Glasgow. Uh, kids should be, se- be selected from schools that have uh, talent for football. They should be put into one school. They should have special nutrition. They should have special, uh, you know, medical care. And I'll stop you there, Robert, and I'll let you come back in because that, that is something the, the Scottish FA have yeah. done. Hugh, the JD Performance Schools, we've yeah. seen players that have graduated from that and go on to already make their senior debuts. Nathan Patterson is one of them. I'm sure Billy Gilmore is another. The problem with that is that it takes a long time for the players to get into those schools and then progress to make their way to the first team because yeah. they're obviously starting off young and it's a long, long process. We're, we're starting to see some of the rewards of it because Billy Gilmore obviously looks like you know a very, very good talent. He's very highly rated. Nathan Patterson has just got a big move down to Everton as well and he's performed well when he's played for Scotland. But you know the, the proof will probably be in the coming years just how well those have worked. To be fair to the SFA, they have devoted a lot of money to this particular project. Uh, and as you say, it takes a while for people to come through. We are the greatest country in the world for taking a bad defeat and saying, let's get back to basics. What does that mean? And let's look at the grassroots. We are looking at the grassroots. The SFA are trying. Non-qualification is not a recent phenomenon. I go back, Robert, and give you a very quick history lesson. When I was much, much younger... Scotland had some of the greatest players ever to grace our game. The Billy McNeils, the John Greggs, the Dennis Laws, Jim Baxters, and could not qualify for a World Cup from 1958 till 1974. By the time Dennis got to the World Cup in 1974, his career was almost at an end, and he is our joint top leading goal scorer. So non-qualification is not a modern day trend. It's been going on for quite some time. And in 1998, when we we all left France after the third and final game, I thought that in 2002, we'd be going to Japan for the World Cup final. I was correct. I went to Japan for the World Cup final, but Scotland didn't come with me. Robert, do you want to come back in? Well, I know all of these things, but with all due respect to Mr. Hugh Kevins, who I actually quite like, and I always listen to him, uh, and he's quite articulate, lovely language, etc., etc. A rare but compliment for you, Hugh. <laughs> but with all due respect, we cannot live in the past. I remember all of these things. The, the 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 first World Cup I remember quite vividly was 1974. I think I sometimes have the I somewhere have the jersey from it because my grandmother sent it over to me, Ambro, and but that was like six or seven stone earlier. But uh, I think I don't think we can live in the past. I think I think something needs to. Uh, we, we, we maybe don't need to go back to the grassroots, but I, th- I think there needs to be some 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 sort of a model there that allows people to come through 
and 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 be successful. But I also think that, uh, with with all due respect to, to to these teams, Celtic and Rangers are are bad for Scottish national team because they don't produce enough uh, young players to play in the first team. They just seem to try to buy their success, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous that. Nobody has won the league in Scotland except Rangers Celtic for 35, 36 years. That's another, I think that's another, so to speak, the proverbial nail in the coffin for the national Yeah, but that's not Celtic and Rangers' fault. If, if, if we have not had a winner of the league since Alec Ferguson was at Aberdeen, then that is for Aberdeen and Hearts and Hibs and everyone else to examine and find out why they cannot be closer to Celtic and Rangers than they are at present and also Celtic and Rangers have provided the Kieran Tierneys the Billy Gilmers who came through Rangers system Callum McGregor uh, you know they are doing what they can do with regard to the national team while at the same time looking after themselves and European competition as well as domestic competition and if they don't do well in Europe, they get it in the neck. And if they don't do well domestically, they get it in the neck. So they are trying to do what's best for them domestically and at European level while producing players for the national team. Nathan Patterson came through the Rangers system. He's now at Everton, but he came through the Rangers system. And that is the way they have to look at their club business. I think Celtic and Rangers would then argue that they are pushing their B teams at the moment, which mm-hmm. in all the sort of documents you've seen of them pushing this and trying to get them into the Lowland League and then potentially into the SPFL is that they want to develop young, homegrown Scottish players, get them playing regularly against men at a high level. And and that's what they would say to anyone that's that's doubting, you yeah. know, they are, you know, want to, to develop young players. Well, you know, again... I repeat, it's not it's not Celtic and Rangers that you have to look at. You have to look at, for example, Andy Robertson is at Liverpool, the the second best team in England, a Champions League winner with Liverpool. Kieran Tierney, uh, a twenty five million pound transfer to Arsenal, one of the biggest clubs in England. But no matter who they are with, we suffer from going so far but not far enough. And is that a problem with temperament? What is the problem? And that's for Stevie Clark to examine and to put right starting tomorrow. Well, thank you to Robert. 01419511025. We'll stay with the phones. Andy is up next in Alexandria. Andy, what are you making of it all? Um, I disagree with the previous caller there. I agree with Hugh Gaines. We are getting players coming through the system. Um, and some of the players are highly rated. I mean, you've got, as you said, Tierney, even Gilmore, I know he's, he went to a wrong club in London, in Orange and things like that. Robinson, uh, Nathan Patterson. I mean, we have got the players. I mean, on paper, Scotland have got a good team. They really have got a good team. Right now, but I think it's the wrong manager. Right now, Stevie Clark gave, gave me, I'm a 52-year-old guy, gave me one of the best nights ever. Right, when we won in Serbia um, and we got to the Euros. And then we got to the Euros and we let ourselves down. I mean, we let ourselves down apart from the England game. Um, and then any big games that come along, the Ukraine game, we let ourselves down. And then the, the, the game against Ireland, everybody and their granny thought, Ireland are on the floor, 
I mean, they've not won a home game in ten games. Last game against, I said to your call, yeah, yeah, the handler there. I think it was Georgia. I'm not 100 percent sure it was Georgia. And even it was only a two nothing win, and and the last goal came in the 92nd minute or something like that. So Ireland are no great shakes either. Scotland should have won that game. They just didn't seem up for it whatsoever. And to me, it's not the play- I'm not saying the players are not to take the blame. They have to take the blame in some sort. But to me, Steve Clark has run his course. Right, he's done well. I mean, he has done well. He's got his uh, uh, the Euros and then, but let us let ourselves down when we got there. Um, especially two home games. I mean, I mean, he couldn't wish for a better start. Two home games at at Hamden to to progress into the next kind of set. Not to say we're ever going to win the Euros, but we could have done a lot better in the Euros. So to me, and and, and I know probably somebody will ask me, who do you think should come in after Steve Clark? I haven't got a clue. I really don't have a clue. And I don't want to go back to McLeish or uh, Strachan or anything like that. I don't. I don't know. And even foreign managers. I mean, the past experience with foreign managers has not been great either. But I just. I, I just think Steve Clark has run his course. Um, and even some of these answers now. I mean, somebody pointed out it was a question whether the journalist about criticism after the Ukraine game. I didn't look at it. I didn't look at it. Of course, it looks at it. I mean. It's, what manager doesn't look at the criticism and things like that? But he was just being a bit canapsious, I think. And I honestly just think he's run his course now. I'm not saying he's a bad manager. He'll probably go on to better, no better things, but another club somewhere or whatever. But he's run his course with Scotland and somebody needs to come in and and, and make the most of Scotland's talent because we have got talent there. We really have. Andy, the fact that Steve Clark has only had sort of two tournaments to aim for in his time as Scotland boss, one of them, he, he got the national side to Euro 2020. It didn't work out for the World Cup. Do you not feel that's enough credit in the bank to then give him this next qualification process or is your confidence completely just lost? My confidence lost. My, my suspicion is it will get probably the rest of the, the, the Nations League to, to kind of sort it out and then obviously when the qualifiers start. Um, what might change, but if we go tomorrow night and Armenia and lose, see if we lose that game tomorrow night, um, and it's quite possible. I mean, as you said earlier on, the temperatures are like 30 odd degrees and things like that, right? And the players look tired as it is. So, but that, that goes for every team, you know what I mean? That goes for every nation's team. I mean, we've all been playing through the pandemic, and we've all been playing through like a shortened seat, well, longer seasons and shorter kind of breaks and things like that. Um, so, it, it goes for every team. But if we go there tomorrow night, I think that might trigger a reaction, especially when that's the last game for a while um, through the summer. If we go and win it, as you said as well, and, and, and I feel myself, I don't know, I feel myself kind of, I would myself get green with you games, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I do feel as if we do go across there and win it, right? We're not top of the group, I don't think, unless we've been a few goals because Ukraine's top of the group, but we've got a kind of worse goal difference. But, if we do go and win it, that might kind of relieve the kind of pressure on them, and they might be able to you know, restart or things like that. But you know what I mean? The players might come back a bit more refreshing, things like that. You know, but the, if we lose it tomorrow night, I think that might trigger serious questions within the SFA. But the SFA are kind of close shop. You know, they kind of look after their own. Steve Clark, somebody I think phoned up a couple of days ago and said Steve Clark's a yes man, right? Um, and and, and and I get that a wee bit You know, he is a kind of yes man He, he didn't seem that way, you know When he was at Kamarnock and things like that He seemed his own kind of guy kind of thing But I think he's made a yes man at SFA than, than Hugh, would it not maybe just man. be a case that, that Steve Clark has got Scotland to a major tournament and, and that is what has impressed the Scottish FA 
I think it was last August he got a new contract yeah. and the, the sort of wording on the SFA website was you know Steve Clark a new deal to to see Scotland through the Euro 2024 qualification campaign we are less than halfway through the Nations League element of that there's then a full qualification group to come later on the draw for that is in October is it realistic to think that the Scottish FA would turn round now or turn round after the game tomorrow and want to change manager? No. There is no feeling within Hamden that Steve Clark has run his course. But Andy used a great Scottish word there. Carnaptious. I'll use another one. Scunnered. People get scunnered with managers. It's one of the perils of the job. If you look around you just now at international level... If Stephen Kenny had lost on Saturday, the likelihood is he'd have been binned by the Football Association of Ireland. Gareth Southgate, the England manager who made it to the final of Euro 2020 and lost on penalties, he's already talking about, I won't overstay my welcome, I'll go. Ian Barraclough, in charge of Northern Ireland, got a very lucky 2-2 draw with Cyprus yesterday, but his card's as good as marked as well. People just have enough of managers from time to time. And Steve Clark has hit that point in his tenure as the Scotland manager where people are saying, if he loses tomorrow, he can take a hike. But I don't think the SFA would sack him, even if he lost tomorrow. Well, thank you to Andy 01419511025. We'll hear a bit more from the Scotland camp after these. 1419511025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 on the phones or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB that's what Tony Kavanagh has done he says evening troops listening from the beach in Dominican Republic never sounded better thanks for listening Tony but as I look out the window <laughs> to the clouds here I don't care much for the glow thank you no I hope it rains tomorrow Tony <laughs> And if you've got a spare ticket Next time you're going Then feel free to get in touch again 01419511025 Let's go straight back to the phones Craig is in Cumbernauld Craig what's on your mind tonight? Uh, hi uh, Andrew and Shug How's doing? Um, listen, I was just uh, Listening to the calls This evening And that last call in particular when, You know with regards to Steve Clark Look We've had a couple of Disappointing results here And there's no shine away For that You know um, I think there was no excuse whatsoever for the sort of abject performance we put in against a struggling Republic Ireland side. But I do think that, for me, the question you've got to ask yourself is, if we're going to sack Steve Clark, then inevitably along with that would come the conversation of who replaces him. And I don't see right now that we've got anybody better out there or better equipped to do the job that would get us to, to, to the next Euros. You know, he should stay and we should back him for that period of time because I don't know, I mean, I certainly can't think of anyone off the top of my head. There's not even anyone available. They're all in jobs with the exception of maybe Jack Ross, but I don't think I'd want him as a Scotland manager just now. So, uh, you know, uh, that's the thing for me. I think we just have to be careful with what we wish for because um, sometimes... You get a, a manager sat and you could end up with a better votes back in the door. I'm not saying we would, but you know, that's the risk you take there. Whereas Clark, although he is spending up a lot of that credit he has in the bank for getting us to the Euros, does deserve to see out this campaign and whatever happens at the end of that, 
then review his position. I just think that's the fairer thing to do. Yeah, Hugh, it's a, it's a classic argument because you get to the point where some people are desperate for change and there's other people saying, well, is it not more important to have stability and a guy in there that, that knows the squad, knows what he's doing with the players and to sort of ride out the hard times? There'll be all shades of opinion. As I say, some people will just be scunnered with Steve Clark, and they'll want change regardless of what happens tomorrow in Armenia. Um, I I think, and I don't know if Craig would agree me, with me on this, um, when Steve Clark came in, he was the obvious choice. He was the people's choice, if you like. Uh, the, there is no one who fits that bill right now. However, before we get to the stage of even discussing who should replace Steve Clark. I think it's the close proximity of the two games that's causing the problem. Two weeks ago, we're looking forward to Ukraine and everyone was on their ear. They couldn't wait for the Ukraine game to start. Normally, when you fail to qualify for a World Cup, there is a period of mourning, if I can put it that way, and it tends to last weeks, months, whatever. But within a fortnight, we then play another game in another tournament against a team called by former members of that team, the worst Republic of Ireland team in living memory. And we are not only beaten, we were comprehensively gone over. And it could have been worse. So I think it's the close proximity of the two matches. We've taken a left followed by a right and it's it's taking its toll. Craig? Absolutely, it is taking its toll, and I think everybody will be more than happy once we get this game out of the way tomorrow. You know, if we can sign it off with a win, you know, then we regroup. But I think the important thing for people to remember as well is we do have some players that, by the time we come back, I think in is it September when we play Ukraine again, that will hopefully be back to fitness by then as well, and will give us more options. You know, we are missing um, a Kieran Tierney. He's a key player, even a Kevin Nisbet. Is a huge blow to miss because it's limited or already actually limited options when it comes to strikers. So there is things like that to come, and the players by then will hopefully have been rested up more. So it, it is, you know, it, I can't. You're going to have peaks and troughs, unfortunately for us. They've all came at the one goal, um, and that's, I think, probably a bad thing. I think it's just unfortunate because the World Cups in November that they've ended up having to compact it in. Yeah, together, but it's not just as I mean. Look at England; they're they've not won a game yet, and you know they've had a manager who take them to a World Cup semi final and a yeah. European final. And when the Republic of Ireland play Ukraine, if Ukraine win that game, Stephen Kenny in all likelihood will be back under pressure. Ian Barraclough, the Northern Ireland manager, I cannot see surviving. Uh, Gareth Southgate, uh, if he loses his next game, he's toast as well. Uh, so. That's why the court of public opinion will sit tomorrow and they'll be heard on this programme. By the time you're on, Andrew, we'll have the second half and we'll know before the end of the programme which way the wind is blowing. And in the court of public opinion, it's very important that Steve Clark wins that game tomorrow. Anything other than a win and the jury will be out on Steve Clark and the team. We've seen Armenia up close in the past few days. I don't think many people would have been impressed by them at all. So it gets to that point where no matter who is out injured, no matter what the temperature is, no matter what external factors there are, that as you say, 
Three points Is what matters And has to happen Andrew I'm going to leave you With a phrase Which you are Perfectly willing And able to use If things go Pear shaped tomorrow Right now I can conceive Of no set Of circumstances Which would Allow Scotland To come off the park In Armenia Not having won That game And at what time Tomorrow do you expect Us to be playing That clip out again Oh Six Fifty-five, maybe. <laughs> Thank you to Craig. Uh, that's probably all we're going to be able to take in terms of calls tonight. But thank you for listening in and thank you for your calls and tweets tonight. Of course, it is a huge, huge game tomorrow. And as we say, Scotland must win it. Two games into this UEFA Nations League Group B campaign. Scotland sitting with just three points. Ukraine have already won their first two games. Ireland level on three points as well and it'll be interesting to see exactly who is fit for this game Steve Clark saying there's significant injury problems for Scotland so by the time we're on air tomorrow the second half will be kicking off and we'll be looking ahead to what is hopefully going to be a Scotland victory to get the national side back on track as I say I'll be back tomorrow night with Gordon DL up next it's Callum Gallagher